every morning where I had to face myself in the mirror naked, nggak pakai baju, abis mandi, I would just not want to look at myself. I would never like to look below my chest because I didn't like what I saw. As you can see, this is <laughs> quite a hard topic for me, and it's it's taken me a while to get this specific episode out because I I wanted to have this introduction because one I would get up in the morning and I would look at myself in the mirror and there was not one moment where I liked a part of myself. I would look into my eyes, I would look at my nose and I'd be like, oh, your nose is so flat. Why was it not more pointy? Um, I look down below my chest, I look at my stomach. I'm like, oh, really? Like I could really lose more. I hated the skin. I hated the stretch marks I had. I hated the cellulites I had on my thigh or the burst of veins on the side of my legs. I hated my body and not one moment where I appreciated myself. But I worked in an industry di mana aku mesti confident seterusnya dan di mana aku mesti merasa cinta dengan diri gue sendiri dan I had to love myself just for the show. It was it was not even about me. It was about creating an impression that I was confident in my own skin, which I was not at all. So this was a life this is a lifelong struggle and to this day i am still working on myself i'm working to better my health to physically be stronger and mentally be accepting karena perjalanan ini enggak bakal menjadi sesuatu yang akan bisa gampang dilupain dan gampang dilewati and i i'm so excited to be having this podcast with you guys You're listening to a podcast with me, Oki, today, right here. We are with the healthy nutter, our ladies. Take a thousand. <laughs> so we have Aina and Simran. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. We're so happy to be here today. Thank you, Oki. <laughs> Thank you for being here and giving your time to be on this podcast. So we have Simran today, a registered nutritionist who practices in Indonesia, graduated from University of Leeds, and also did a TEDx speaking um, presentation on Eat, Pray, Nutella on body image and eating disorders. And we have Aina, who is a psychologist focusing on self-development through creativity, who also studied in Australia and the UK, and have previously worked with children of various ages on inquiry-based learning. So the topic today is going to be about body image because it is one of the uh, main topics of the Mental Health Awareness Month this month in May and this year's topic. And I wanted to talk specifically on loving our body, loving my body. So as a nutritionist psychologist, I thought it'd be great to have you guys here today to share a little bit about your journey with loving your body. Aina, let's start with you. So definitely a very sensitive topic that we're touching on here. And most people can relate to it because most people face this dilemma. We go through social media every day and we compare ourselves to what's good and what's bad and what we should be and what we should not be. You know, there's a certain size or body that is celebrated out there. And, you know, it, it, it's difficult for us to move away from that, you know, when we're... We're bombarded with so much of that. Yeah, and living in this society for How sure. How do you make that acceptance with yourself? How? I think to begin with, let me ask you all, 
how do you feel about your body right now? Ooh, that's a deep question. How do you feel about your body? Before I answer that question, 91% of women do not like their bodies. 91%, that's pretty high. That's actually very high. <laughs> 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. Have you ever experienced that personally, a, a 9, 10-year-old coming to you? Yes, absolutely. I was one of them, and I've had several like young teenagers, not even preteens, come up to me and be like, hey, can you help me put me on a diet or tell me what do I eat or what I shouldn't eat? At 10 years old, yeah. and you're, you're consciously thinking about what you need to ingest instead of actually enjoying it. That's very, very deep. And then you see them like actually hiding and eating a secret type of Nutella in their bedrooms, and then you end up consuming more because you know you can't have it. And I think that mentally takes a toll on them. And they won't realize it now, but later on in life, like I'm a guinea pig of it myself, which I'll get into slightly like down in this conversation. But let me also emphasize that it not only affects females, but males as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, everyone is very much self-conscious, both men and women. See, the thing is when we restrict ourselves, that's when we go down the wrong road. You know, because we're unhappy. We're not satisfied with what we're eating. We're just not. We just have to eat this as opposed to I want to eat this. And then we end up using food as a tool, as a coping mechanism to feed our emotions or our stress or feed something else, not actually food to nourish our bodies. So it's like I'm happy and I'm having this. I'm sad I'm having that. I'm yes. constantly feeding myself yes. and overfeeding myself. Yes. Or I'm bored. Let's... Let's oh, eat that's something. The one. <laughs> yeah. That's the best one. That's the best one. I'm bored. Let's open a packet of chips. You know? Oh, God. Yeah, no. I think, I think many people can relate to this. And um, as you mentioned, Aina, as well, um, society and, and the use of social media has got, gotten people more focused on, the fi on their physical appearance and actually punishing themselves. And um, that really affects their mindset uh, about self-appreciation and loving their body. So I've had somebody mention to me once about being fat is a choice, Oki. And I was like, really? Um, I guess it's a choice, but can we also appreciate the fact that we are at that stage of our life and then making changes? I don't think it's a choice. It, I think it's just people accepting where they are at that point in their life. I mean, you have to accept that your body is going to change. You know, you're young, you look like this, it's great, you look young, it's wonderful. But as you grow older, you know, the hormones kick in, the wrinkles kick in, and you're not going the to look... The job kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. the job. Like, you're not going to look the same, unfortunately. And you have to be okay with that. And you just have to embrace it like, hey, this is how I look. And that's something I tend to face, especially in a corporate company. Yeah. A lot of them complain. They're like, oh, I don't look like my high school self. And I'm like, are you leading the life of a high school girl? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, our routines change and you can or cannot do certain things. And it's okay. And it's about accepting that you're not able to do it. And as long as you feel comfortable and healthy, that's something that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And I think the um, most important feeling that feeling of healthy and be accepting is it's, it's very hard because you're also feeling shamed yes, at yeah. the same time, right? Yeah. What we don't realize is that healthy looks different on everybody. Do yeah. you agree with that? Okay. No, I do agree. I do agree. I mean, um, 
I'm not a size zero. I'm a size 12, but you know, you're, you guys can be smaller than me, but we could be as healthy. I, do, I definitely do not fit the norm of looking like a nutritionist, but <laughs> I could be skinny, but I would be unhappy. I would be unhealthy. I was definitely skinnier in the past, but I would fall sick every month. Yeah. And it just did not add up. And I'm much happier. I can do things. I can do more things to help more people. For me, being healthy, like, what is your definition of healthy? Yeah. yeah. And give yourself a bigger purpose and bigger reason to do it rather than, okay, I just want to fit into a size, like, zero dress. Yeah. And then what? You reach that number on that scale, and then what? Um, never satisfied with it, actually. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vicious yeah. cycle. It's a very yeah. vicious cycle. I mean, I, I had this just last year. I lost 10 kilos, and I was like, oh, I got to this mark that I wanted to get. And then I looked at myself, I'm like, why am I not fitting the clothes I wanted to fit? Like, I bought a smaller size. I still not fit in it. And I'm constantly dissatisfied with my progress. So what sort of mentality, mindset change, or routine did you guys have to do or to make these changes in your life to be more accepting? Actually, Aina, why don't you begin with your story as before we, we, before we move on to the solutions? Actually, sharing your story would be a great idea. Uh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, growing up, actually, I was diagnosed with a medical condition when I was really young, and that actually caused me to get on a lot of medication that caused me to bloat. So I was really fat, and there was nothing that I could do to change that. I was fat regardless I worked out or I ate better or whatever I did. There was nothing that I could do to change that. And because of that, I was unhappy because I, I tried hard, but I didn't see any results. And I'm sure a lot of us feel that way. You know, we go to the gyms, we work hard, and we're upset. Hey, why am I not losing weight? Why is this not happening for me? And that's what happened. And for years, I hated my body. I hated it, you know? And... By the way, you look amazing. You know? <laughs> she does. Yeah. Look so y'all, y'all see that she looks amazing and she breathes out such no. positivity. So sometimes you just have to let go. But this obviously took me years, years before I understood that you know what? I just need to let go. And the more I put pressure on myself, the more unhappy I was becoming. My body wasn't responding to me. You know? So it's the energy that you, you give off and take, yes. basically. And now I can eat. I can eat a whole bowl of pasta and not feel bad about it. Why? Because I have let go. That's I like breaking up. <laughs> breaking up with that, that I mean, part you of you. you could put it that way, right? Yeah, you for could. sure. Yeah. So the key is in your head. That's basically it. <laughs> As a nutritionist, Simran, I'm, I'm sure you've dealt... You've, you've dealt with um, clients who have their concerns over eating certain things and just they go to you for diet. But is that a solution that you give for your clients? or? Before I answer your question, Oki, I want to add on to what Aina has just said. Mm-hmm. She said that she felt bloated. There's a very big difference. A lot of the times, like our bodies are not designed to be oversized. It's the lifestyle that we live, the things that we do that contribute to these factors. Mm-hmm. That's not something we realize. So when your body goes off scale, that means there's something wrong with it. But that's not something we tend to recognize as individuals. Mm-hmm. That means something is wrong with our body, right? Yeah. We just don't know what and where to begin. A lot of the times, it's inflammation. 
that's something I've come to realize when I was working with clients in my last clinic. And a lot of the times they stop these triggers and automatically they just shrink. It's not because they're losing weight. They were never fat to begin with. They were just bloated. Mm. And that's something that I found to realize with myself. And that's because I tried so many different diets out there. Like I started at the age, like very, very early age. I was not even that big, but I was made to think that I was huge yeah. because I, didn't, I wasn't the box. You know, yeah. I didn't fit into the box that I was a size zero, whatever. Yeah. But I was made to feel guilty about it. And it kept going on and on, name, name it, each and every diet I've tried, the soup diet, this diet, that diet. But with the outcome of me being in and out of the hospital, in and out of doctors, yeah, flying exactly. across countries. Like I've flown for the weekend like to India just to see a doctor. I've flown to the UK for the weekend. flown to Jakarta. flown to Singapore. Like it's enough is enough. It came to a point where I was brought down to a baby's diet because I couldn't eat anything. I was actually allergic because who told you to stop eating gluten when you, you don't have celiac? Who told you to stop having this, you know? The more you stop your body from it, it stops recognizing these foods. So I was down to a baby's diet, which consisted of oats, toast, and a spinach bread. Oh, wow. For six months. So and that's like resetting your body? Because yeah, it just rejected everything else. I couldn't, I physically could not eat anything. So I had to do that. And it turns out that over the years, I had developed all sorts of allergies. For example, dairy allergies. I was allergic to watermelon, kiwi, curry powder. It's very what? random What? Those things. are tasteful things. Yes, but because of these allergies, I was automatically inflamed. I was automatically experiencing symptoms that was not pleasant, and it didn't make me feel healthy. Even though I was skinny, I was the skinniest that I had been, but every, week, every, every month I was at the doctor. Every week I was sick. It just wouldn't add up. So did you have to change your mentality to be more positive of every intake that you you have or your food and how was your relationship with food after that after that I grew to realize that you are your own guru each of us knows our own our own bodies better than the other person even as a professional you know your body better than I do so what I would do is I would help and guide you find what works for you and what doesn't what suits your body versus what doesn't you know and I think the biggest one for me was the energy how do you look at yourself in the mirror? The energy you feed your body, the energy you feed your food. When people look at food, oh my God, I'm gonna eat this, and you start resenting, oh my God, I should have ordered a salad instead of a cake. Like, no, it's okay to enjoy it. Why are you hating on the cake? The more you resent it, that's the energy you're giving to the food, and that's how it's going to nourish you. Yeah. So you decide whether you want this to heal yourself or to poison you. I'm not sure if you've heard of that famous quote that food is your medicine. It's you decide what you want to do with what you Definitely. I've also I've also seen a documentary about how your body doesn't actually need medicine. Right. It, you can cure with food in your intake. And um, and like you mentioned before how your mentality is in your relationship with food can also be affected by our society. Um, like Ina mentioned with pressure in society and uh, things like body shaming those really, really affect us and our, our mentality towards ourselves and the food that we eat. So, Aina, you mentioned about social uh, media and how it's taken a toll on, on us, basically. Yeah, and because of that, because of social media, diet culture is prevailing. It's prevailing like anything, and we feel like, 
oh, we should do this, we should try this, and oh, that person's trying that diet, maybe I should try it, maybe this will work for me. And, you know, kids grow up seeing that, oh, mommy's doing this, mommy's doing that, and they think it's correct. There's so much control over food. And because of that, we're overthinking everything. And it's completely unnecessary. We don't realize it's unnecessary. And, and I feel like part of it has to do with fear. We fear letting go of, you know, restricting ourselves. We don't trust ourselves enough that, okay, you know, I mean, if I'm not going to restrict myself, I'm probably just going to eat cookies and ice cream and pizzas and not a bad thing i say <laughs> yeah but but i guess we have to find that balance right it's a feeling that we need to learn to identify what's enough of course we know fruits and vegetables are good for us but we're not going to eat that all the time we obviously need some chocolate right of course everybody yeah. needs that guilty yeah. pleasure moment but we're scared that if we let go we might just have oh i might just end up eating five bars of chocolate yeah you know but you know better you know you know better when to stop and that's that's basically it. How do you not feel bad about what you eat? I mean, Simran, is it, how do you tell your clients that? I say it's listening to our inner GPS. Our bodies are smart enough to know when we're full, when we're hungry. It's smart, it's smart enough to communicate with our minds. It's actually called the brain-gut axis. And that's something I suffered with because I was more anxious as a person. That would automatically affect your gut and affects what you end up eating. It actually affects your whole day without you realizing it. Yeah. And what I tend to tell my clients is that it's okay to eat whatever you want as long as there is a balance. For example, rather than indulging in three slices of cake, slow down and enjoy that one slice of cake. After one slice of cake, I'm sure your mood changes. I'm sure the taste even changes. It probably doesn't taste as good as the first bite. I'm not <laughs> going <true>. to lie. <laughs> After that, you're like, oh, it just tastes like it's this. Normal. You know, it's just normal. Yeah. So one of the things is that learn to have pleasure with your food. Restricting yourself causes you to like, battle, okay, I'll eat a salad. But then an hour later, you're like, damn, I really wanted that. And then you'll go indulge in it. But you'll have, like Aina said, five bars of chocolate. So quickly, you wouldn't even realize, but you'd spend all the time after feeling shame and guilt about that. That's exactly how I feel after I eat like a bar of chocolate or McDonald's fries. <laughs> but, but also really enjoyed it. And it's constantly battling my mind. Like I'm constantly fighting myself to be like, you're okay. Like you're not, you're not doing something wrong. But how do you overcome things like that? Like what sort of habits or mindset change that we can do to, do to avoid that? To begin with, I used to hate looking at myself or I hated how I felt because I always felt big. And even though I really was, I wasn't that big, I just felt like I just hated myself. I was made to, I was taught to hate myself because we were programmed to think like that, right? And the biggest thing that helped me overcome that was my, one of my meditation teachers, she actually brought a mirror to class and made me look into the mirror for a good five minutes. Oh, five minutes is actually and a really long time. look deep into your eyes. <laughs> Did you cry? Yes. Oh. It, I could just see tears rolling down my eyes because looking at the mirror is a pure reflection of yourself. It's you see yourself as the purest version, that truth of who you are, who you've been running away from. It's like she's looking right back at you. 
what are you trying to cover up? Like, it becomes quite exhausting to try and become someone you're not. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, oh, wow. Did you start picking parts of you? Eventually. So this is an exercise that I started practicing every day since then. So come out the shower, butt naked. <laughs> it's funny. Have some fun with it. A lot of times it's like, it's a, it's a very big, it's a small step, but embarrassing. It sounds funny and... But it actually really works. So stare at your body from top to bottom. Send love and fall in love with every part of your body. Be it your scars, your cellulite, your thighs, your belly. Whatever it is that makes you you. There's no one else out there but you. You know that. Like There's only one of you and no one can duplicate that. Yeah. And no if comparison. You don't, if you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? Oh, that's uh, for another podcast. <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs> so, so that is actually really deep. And um, I don't know if I could actually do that and look at a mirror. I mean, it takes a lot of it courage. Does. It takes a lot of courage to face your inner self. Yeah. And I think, like, start with a minute every day and slowly and steadily. You would learn, rather than resist your body, you'd, be, you'd start to feel comfortable in it. And another thing I used to add to that was I would write, I am enough. Because sometimes we, we feel like we're never enough. The number on that scale is not enough. We can do better. We need to do better. Who's told us to do better? Yeah. Who? Why? It comes back to the question. Why are we, we all doing strive this? for perfection, right? But what is perfection? On ourselves. Yeah. It's, constant. it's a constant battle that we face. So just simply saying, I am enough, kind of releases and allows you to feel sufficient within yourself. Yeah. Whose approval are you seeking, you know? Yeah. It's like, I am myself, I love myself, and you seek happiness from within. Yeah. And with that, no one else can take away your happiness. And once you're comfortable in your body, your confidence drives up. I'm about to cry Very right <laughs> So a moment of silence so there. a moment of silence there. <laughs> Um, Definitely very helpful. and This is um, a very good task. I, um, I heard a podcast about this, actually. So this is where I, another, like, it's a, this is a very common thing that's done. Yeah. And a father did it for his daughter. The sweetest thing. And his, and his son was, got a bit jealous because his son also said, I want it on my mirror, too. <laughs> and it just changed their lives completely around. From being bullied and body shaming everything. They were just happy with themselves that whatever anybody would say would not affect them because they're okay with themselves. That's practicing gratitude every day yes. and that's for you Correct. and your body. Yes. That's something we all need to learn to do. And it's our first home. Yeah. Oh, it is our first it home. It is our first Ooh, home. that just gave me goosebumps. So from a psychologist's perspective, what is something that we could do? Like a routine or um, a habit. Something that I've actually tried myself was creating a valuables list. What is that? Why are you valuable? Make a list. You know, you your list will probably start off with your physical body aspects first. Like, oh, well, my nose. I have a nice nose. I have nice eyes. I have nice hair. You know, your list will start off like that. And that's okay. Just keep going. Just keep going. And eventually, you'll take away the emphasis from your body. And soon you'll end up writing things like, oh, I'm really good at cooking. Oh, I'm really good at painting, yeah. you know? And eventually that can actually really help strengthening our self-worth, which is something that, you know, we need. We and need. what we try to discover yes, every day. Exactly. You'll find out something new about yourself. It's wonderful. 
Well, there you go, guys. You've got two things that you can practice on. Just I mean, this is something that I've tried just, just once, yeah. and I definitely think it, it works, mm -hmm. and something I'm still working on myself, because yeah. obviously we're all at the process of bettering ourselves. Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> so here's a saying I, I, yeah. I really like um, from um, Trent Shelton. Um, he said, it's not about being perfect, it's about becoming better, and it's the progress of that development that needs to be the, the point and the drive Agreed. for your Agreed. better self. Agreed. So we're giving you all these different ways to you know kind of cope with it or how to make yourself better, but know that it's okay that there will be some days where you're not okay and you don't feel great about yourself. And that's completely okay, you know? Like, you're not always going to feel 100% that day. Yeah. And that's fine. But just know how to find that balance within yourself and know what makes you happy. Yeah, I think it's also because we are so um, absorbed into our society. We're constantly on the go, and we never find time for that. Yeah, it's important to remember that we need to make the conscious effort to choose what makes you feel better, to choose the foods that make you feel good, yeah. rather than doing what's told, doing what's expected of us. It's important to have that in your control. You choose what you want to do. You don't, things don't just happen to you. You choose how you want to feel today. You don't be like, oh yeah, okay, I feel this way just cause. Yeah. You choose how you decide to feel. So it's really about taking that conscious um, awareness for ourselves and uh, knowing that every day is a progress and every day is about being better and getting better, right? And then earlier we were talking about how as a society, we have shaped these minds and shaped these norms, created these norms more like it. Yeah. You do realize we make up this society, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. We're a part of we're it. We're the ones creating the pressure and we're keeping ourselves under pressure for it. Yeah. So as a society, it's our responsibility to be mindful of what we say. Sometimes we don't realize what we may say to someone. For us, it may just be a passing comment, mm -hmm. but to them, it may scar them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's happening in like the whole body shaming. Definitely. Thing, right, for sure. And Definitely. Cyberbullying. Oh yeah, especially living in Indonesia. I mean, that's a thing that we Indonesians do when you meet for the first time after a long time. Hey, you look like you've put on some weight. Oh, it's so <laughs> typical. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean, that's just their natural instinct to do that, you know? Yeah. And. It's a cultural norm, apparently. Yeah, and instead of saying, oh, you look happier. Or you look great. You look great, but no, they choose to focus on what they know. Yeah. But isn't that like a reflection of their own insecurity? Yes. You know, Absolutely. That, that's a, that, we'll save that for, for another, another topic. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with all these negativities that we're constantly bombarded with every single day, Little did we know that it takes five positive affirmations or compliments to offset one negative interaction. Wow. So even Pixar Studios actually uses this to motivate their employees. Really? Yes. Wow. It's a very common practice that is, I think it's not that difficult. Like I can just be like, hey Aki, you look amazing today. It's really practical, really easy, but it's just that we find it easier to criticize than to actually compliment. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just human nature. You because know? we're competitive with each other. And we tend to compare each other. Yes. Yes, the comparison things kills. How about this? 
I'll give you all a task to do. Every time we walk on the streets or walk around in the mall, I'm sure we all see a mirror at some point and we, we will have a look. Yeah, at we're ourselves. all narcissists. And we will check ourselves out. But how about for a change, we say one nice thing about ourselves? It could, as, could, it could be as simple as, hey, my eyebrows look good today. Dang, girl. Yeah. <laughs> nice ass. Yeah. It's just, just, just one thing. I mean, it can't be that hard, right? Just one thing. Every time you pass by a mirror, just say one thing right, about guys. yourself. That's your homework, okay? Just remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Simran was saying about comparison, uh, a quote that I, I've always kept close to my heart has been one from President Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of joy. Definitely, because you're trying to be happy and trying to be better for yourself is joyful, and yet all these things you comparing to other people in your society or your parents comparing you to other people, to other people's kids, make you feel really down about yourself, isn't that? So I wanted to just shut off, close off this beautiful conversation with a few words to summarize how we can do better for ourselves and what sort of habits should we try, apart from those that you've mentioned earlier, that we could keep practicing for the next and for going forward? We firstly need to know that everybody is different. Everyone's bodies are different. What works for some people might not work for you, and that's okay. It's you and yourself. Don't look left, don't look right. Don't worry about what's happening around you. Focus on yourself, you know? And we need to remember that our body is an instrument, not an ornament. Not a Christmas tree that you always have to look good and perfect, dolled up a certain way. Sure, mannequins are there for that, right? Our bodies is our first home. Remember to take care of it, because if you don't, who else will? Ooh, girl, that's deep. Thank you so much to our healthy Nutter team right here, Ina and Simran. It's been a good session today, a few sessions today. <laughs> so we did have a few technical hiccups. So um, thank you so much for actually sharing your story and giving your inputs and your experiences. Hopefully everyone who heard it, who hears this podcast, yang dengerin juga bisa belajar. Dan semoga juga kalian akan join in the next podcast. So I'm going from English to Indo here. <laughs> also because I, I feel like this conversation should be about sharing, learning, identifying the problem, and finding a solution. So don't forget to follow our girls at The Healthy Nutter. So it's at The Healthy N-U-T-R on Instagram. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Simran is the queen of puns, so if you guys want to get more puns from her, just DM her right there. Thank you, ladies, and hope to catch you guys on the next podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening.